discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Wow. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Ask your neighbor, you at all. You at all. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord at all? Wow. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in heavenly places. You're all welcome to three nights of revelation and power. The last night, hallelujah. This is going to be my last message for the year. Before 31st December. Wow. Wow. You know, I always want to share things that will help God's children. Do you see? There's no profit in saying things that will not benefit God's children. There's no profit in it. There's no profit in coming to tell you stories. I like to share things that will benefit you, things that will help you. Normally, we know what to do. We are told what to do, but we are not told how to do what to do. So normally, I want to share with you how to do what to do. Do you see? How to have an unending story of success. I've had a wonderful story of success. And I'm just, I'm just now starting. Wow. I've not even done 1% of what God wants me to do. And we are doing it together. So, as the Lord explains things to me, I, want to, I always want to explain things to you and help you have a better understanding of God's word so that you can achieve more for God. How many of you want to achieve more for God? Hallelujah. So a proper understanding of what has happened to you in your new birth makes all the difference. You know, sometimes you have people praying for more power. Do you see? More power, Lord. More anointing, Lord. There are people who pray for a second anointing. Double portion anointing. Wow. There are those who pray for various things. What? John the Baptist anointing. The Elijah anointing. Hey! It's not easy. Because they, f- they have a certain sense of inadequacy. How many of you have ever felt inadequate before? You felt you needed more. You needed more. How many of you have felt like that before? felt you needed more. I need more. 
Now, the question is more of what? What more of do you need? Because as far as God is concerned, he has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything, all things. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We can read from verse 2. He says, grace and peace are multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Grace and peace is multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he says, according as his power has given unto us, as his divine power has given unto us. Did he say he's going to, I mean, you should read the Bible very well. Did he say he's going to give you or he said has given you? What does that mean? It means he has done it, isn't it? So it's either he's lying or he's telling the truth. And God cannot lie. So if anybody is telling lies, it is, it is you and your situation that is telling you a lie. It is you and your experience that is telling you a lie. Not God, because as far as God is concerned, it says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Then it says, it is through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. He has given us all things, as far as God is concerned, everything you need for your life. To live the life he has called you to live. Everything you need to enjoy life. To live a glorious life. To live a life of success has been given to you. You have to agree with it. You see, you can be a believer and not believe the word of God. There are a lot of unbelieving believers. And it's so common to have that. You, you, you believe, but then you, you have unbelief. One day Jesus was going to heal a certain man's son. You know, and Jesus said to the man that your son, your son will live. Do you believe? Then he said, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. He, had, he believed, but then he had unbelief. Do you see? So in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, John wrote to the church and said that, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, so that you may know. He says, I'm writing these things to, to, to those of you who believe what? To, I'm writing to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Do you believe in the name of the Son of God? So these are people who believed in the name of Jesus Christ. They believed in the name of the Son of God. Then it says, I'm writing to you so that you may know. So that you may what? You may know. So what you need more of is revelation, not power. You need to, you need to have more revelation concerning what has happened to you. Look at it. So, it says, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So that you may know because you can be born again, you can be a believer, and not know that you have eternal life. If you know it, you know it to a certain degree. You don't, you don't know it to the fullest. You don't really understand it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why we call it a night of revelation and power. Because in a night like this, there's an uncovering that God does for you. Okay. You see, there's an uncovering, an unveiling. God unveils your eyes some more. He takes some more of the skills off your eyes so that you can see. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Then he says, behold, behold, see with the eyes of the spirit. Behold, all things are becoming you. God is not lying. God is telling the truth. Let God be true. And all men lies, including you. So sometimes you feel... Am I really a child of God? You are. You just don't know it yet. You don't know it as much as you're supposed to. You must know it very well. 
Do you see? Yeah. So the ones I read to you before in Second Peter chapter one, he says that these things. He says grace and peace be from verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through knowledge. The word knowledge there is epignosis. Full, precise, concise, complete knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Getting to know God more. Having more intimacy with God. Getting to understand God more. What has God done? What has what is Jesus for me? What is Jesus for me? What is Jesus for me? What has happened to me now? That's what you need more of. You don't need more power. Because as far as God is concerned, all the power, listen, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says that if the spirit of him that raised Jesus up from the dead dwell in you, does he dwell in you? Yes. Does the spirit, which spirit raised Jesus up from the dead? The Holy Spirit. Which spirit is living inside you? The Holy the ho- do you agree it's the Holy Spirit? It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you does he dwell in you yeah. that is the spirit we have received we received the holy spirit same holy spirit not a fake one not a depreciated one not one that has been modified same holy ghost same holy, ghost. Same holy spirit same ability jesus walked on water of, a, of certainty we can walk on water why because jesus who walked on water and died on the cross and was raised on the third day is now living in, your, in us. Jesus is now, when we say Christ in you, what we mean is that Jesus is inside you. Jesus is now inside you. Now, if Jesus is inside you, what else do you need? What else do you need? That same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is dwelling in you. Then it says, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, shall also give life, shall, shall also vitalize your mortal body. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. He, he's so set. He says, by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Not that will dwell in you when you pray much, when you pray a lot. Not that will dwell in you when you, you fast a lot. No. Are you born again? Yeah. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Yeah. The same Holy Spirit Jesus had is the same Holy Spirit you have. The same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus Christ and drove him to the desert and made him win over the devil and made him win in life and made him win in death is the same spirit that is living inside you and living inside me so it's not it's not more power it's more revelation that is why paul prays for the church he prays that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened first of all he says that i pray that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give unto the spirit of wisdom and revelation the word revelation is apocalypsis revelation in the knowledge of him it's, it's, the, it's the prayer of the spirit. Do you see? You need more revelation. More unveiling. More change. Your mind must change. How, you, how are you thinking about yourself? Sometimes it's so, so pathetic how we think about ourselves. A lot of Christians think terribly about themselves. Like I'm not much. You are more than much. You are more than much. You are more than much. Some people think they don't have value. Like you are not much. I don't know. I'm from Africa. I'm from Ghana. I don't know what, what much we can do. Not me. 
I'm going all around the world. Nothing is going to limit me. You see, your environment, your environment, an anomalous circumstance is supposed to limit you. Your environment. One man of God said something. You know, in some of these international airports, you see, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, escalator. You walk like it's on the floor. It's not the type that goes up. There's a particular name for it. I've forgotten about it. A walking escalator. Let me just improvise. So you have it now so that you can quickly get to your next flight. You see, it's in, it's in uh, these transit places where you have to go through, uh, get to another plane from another plane. You see. Now, to be able to get there, you need to walk very fast. But some people can't walk very fast. So those things are there to help you get to your destination quickly. So as you're walking, you could be walking on tiles. Then you get to that side. Then you step on that thing and then it takes you you can walk even faster with it. So you go quickly and get your destination very quickly. Now, this one of God said he was walking on one of them. And a gentleman, a younger man, who was someone who was younger than him, was trying to beat him, walking on, you know, on the towers, on the other side. Do you get it? So he was walking on this. He was trying to race with him. But he was walking comfortably. And the other guy was sweating to try and catch up with him. But he couldn't catch up with him. He got to the destination before he could. Why? Because he had his environment was different from his environment. His environment was different from his environment. The environment he found himself in made him faster in life. But the other guy could not be fast. Hallelujah. So under normal circumstances, your environment is supposed to affect you. Where you were born is supposed to affect you. Where you are born is supposed to affect your speech and affect your mind. Yeah, your family is supposed to affect you. Where you went to school is supposed to affect you. Hallelujah. There are a lot of things, a lot of limiting things, naturally speaking. You see, but the one who has Christ. Listen, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, are you in Christ? Yeah. It says, if any man be in who? In Christ. It means that the environment you find yourself in now is Christ. And Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. Christ is the glory of God. Christ is the righteousness of God. Christ is everything God. He's the life of God. So how can you feel when you're in Christ? That's all you need. So it doesn't matter which corner the person is in. The most important thing is that he's in Christ. The most important thing is that he's in Christ. That is why we preach the gospel. That is why he says that I've been anointed by God to preach the gospel to the poor. Because the gospel preached to the poor is what will change the poor status to become rich. It makes no difference what his location is. So long as he's in Christ, he's a new creature. His type has not been seen before. He's different. Are you born again? Yeah. Are you a child of God? Yeah. Say my environment, my environment cannot limit me in life. Because I am in Christ. That is why in John chapter 1, verse 11, it says, As many, first of all, it says, He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. 
They say children who are not born of blood. Children who are not born of what? Blood. They are not born of blood. They are not born of blood. Meaning that your family does not affect you anymore. But if you don't know it, your family will affect you. If you don't know what you have become, your family, your family will affect you. What affects your blood will affect you. What affects your bloodline will affect you. Because you don't know it. You don't know what has happened to you now. You don't know that you have been taken away from your family. You have been taken away from your family. Whatever sickness affects your family is not going to affect you. All the failures that affect their families, and it is true, they are God in families. There are limitations in families. Do you know that? There are, there are principalities and powers in families that, that go with families. There are. It's the truth. In 1 Corinthians 8, Paul says that as there are God's many and Lord's many, there are God's many. There are too many demons. There are more demons than human beings in this world. There are more demons than human beings. We have 7 billion now. We are going to 8 billion. There are more demons in this world than there are human beings. So many. So many. And some are assigned to families. Some are assigned to areas. The area you live in. I was driving with Pastor, Pastor Philip this morning and we saw someone we've known since school days. He was our senior. He was my senior. I'm, I'm, I'm his senior by many years. So that guy is senior, senior to me. You know, and he, he has not been able to leave the area. The area has caught him. There are so many people who have been caught and captured by the area in which we grew up in. Too many people. Too many people. Too many people. Caught by the area. They are, they are area demons. They are devils assigned to areas. They are devils assigned to a particular region. There's a demon. There are demons in charge of greater Accra region. So long as you are inside, some demons are around for you. But are you a child of God? Yeah. Are you a child of God? Yeah. Those things don't affect you. But there are children of God who have those things affecting them because they don't know what they have become. They don't know what they have become. They don't know what has happened. There are demons in charge of making sure you don't earn a certain amount of money. Yeah. In this same country in which we live, there are people who earn millions of dollars. In this same country in which we live. But there are demons assigned to make sure that certain groups of people do not cross. You don't cross 50,000 Ghana cities a year. In a year. In a year. They are counting demons. Financial demons, I tell you. He says, as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. That's all you need. He says he gave them power. He didn't say he gave them power to fly. He gave them power to walk on water. He gave them power to talk to. All the power you needed in your life was to become a child of God. And that was what he gave. He says, but as many as received him to them, he gave power. He gave the authority, the right to become the sons of God. Why? Because the son of God is God. The son of God is God. What, what limits God? Nothing limits God. What limits God? What can limit God? I will never be limited in my life. I will never be limited in my life. What limits others will never limit me. Say it again. What limits others will never limit me. It doesn't matter where I was born, where I live, where I go to school, 
where I work, work. I'm unlimited. I'm unlimited. Because I'm a child of God. You know what he told Abraham? He told him that I'll bless you and make you a blessing. And I'll make you great. That is the testimony of every single child of God. Not some. Every single child of God. Listen, there are no portions of the Bible that are written to pastors. There's none. The only problem is that you've left the pastors to read the Bible more. That's the only problem. He didn't say, be you doers of the word, pastors. And not hearers only, pastors. He said to the children of God, everybody, because a pastor is a child of God. A pastor is a child of God. They say the eyes cannot see what the mind does not know. I said in medical school, the, the eyes cannot see what the mind does not know. If your mind has not been trained to see certain things. You see, an architect will walk into this building and start seeing things you cannot see. Because your mind has not been trained to see such things. Your mind has nothing. You did, you did metals in school. Your mind only sees something or ceramics. Something. <laughs> Do you know that a doctor can look at you and predict what is wrong with you? Yes. Just by looking at you. Yes. Yeah, by looking at your face, you can see that, no, there's something. This person has this and has that. Yeah. Because his mind has been trained to see certain things. Same with the spirit. What your mind has not been trained with, your eyes cannot see. If, you're, if, you're, if your mind has not been trained by the word of God to see Prosperity, you always see lack. Instead of seeing abundance, you see lack. There's abundance, but you always be seeing lack because you have not your mind has not been trained yet through God's word. You have not had revelation. You've not had revelation. And amazingly, what your mind is thinking is what your what at, what you attract. What is going on in your mind is what brings things to you. Your mind is a great influence. Great influence. I don't know which group I was telling. I was telling them that you can be, I can be, I can be singing a song in my mind. And then the, pers- the next person sits by is also singing that same song. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, I was singing the same song. Oh. Yeah. Your mind is so powerful. God expects you to allow, your mind, to allow him to tamper with your mind. Yes. And change your mind. To brainwash you. God wants to brainwash you. Yeah. I said God wants to brainwash you. Yeah. Through his word. To see the way he wants you to see. It's called revelation. Revelation. I'm in Christ. Say I'm in Christ. Say it like you believe I'm in Christ. It's not, it's, not, it's not a cliche. It's not something we're just saying. Do you believe it? If any man be in Christ. If any man be in Christ. If any man be in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is. His type has not been seen. His kind has not been seen. Children who are not born of blood, nor born of the will of the flesh, nor of man, but you who are born of God. We are born of God now. We are born of God now. Children of God in reality. Children of God in reality. 
That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all the power you needed in your life. Because when you became born, when you got born again, he gave you all of his power. All of his abilities. All of his glory. Every single thing you needed for your life and for your godliness has been given to you. All things. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us? Who has blessed us? So instead of thinking in terms of bless me Lord. Bless me Lord. Start thinking this way. I'm blessed. I'm the blessed of God. Everything I do. Surely will be blessed. I'm blessed. He says he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. And every single blessing I require need for my life is inside Christ. I do not lack anything. I don't need help. I'm the helped one of God. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. So instead of saying, you see, you see how, I don't know, you see how you are becoming excited? Do you see how you are becoming excited? Talk like this when you're on your own. That's how you should talk. That's how you should think. That's how you should think. That's how you should talk. The greatest gift that God has given to humanity is the ability to speak. Speaking. You can talk your way to the top. You can speak your way through troubles. You can speak your way to international fame. Your mouth. Your mouth. First Samuel chapter 30. Let's read verse 6. Let's read from verse 1 so that we understand even some more. When trouble comes, when challenges come, what should you do? What should you do? What should I do? When troubles come. Even before trouble comes, what should you do with your life? Do you see? Look at this. It says, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Ziklag was where he was living with his family. You know, it was that land of the Philistines. And they are smitten it and burnt it with fire. Next verse, verse 2. And had taken the women captives and were, that were therein. They slew not any. They didn't kill any. Either great or small. But carried them away and went on their way. They took everybody, their wives and their children away. Asleep. They burnt their houses. Burnt everything. I mean, that day they lost everything. And it's not that David was doing something bad. Sometimes people say that, why is it that he was doing something, he was a good man and something bad happened to him? The devil doesn't like you whether you are for him or not for him. He doesn't like anybody. He doesn't even like himself. (laughs) Hallelujah. So David had gone fighting for the Philistines and had won. He came back home and as he, as he got home, look at what happened. They are taking everybody. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Everybody was taken captive. Everything. What would you have done on that day if it was you? So two groups, two, two things happened here. And it lets you know who had the word of God strong in him and who knew what God was. In him or for him. God was not in them at that time, but David had a certain kind of understanding. He had a certain revelation of God. Look at this. So David and his men, okay, then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept. Everybody was crying. 
until they had no more power to weep. Everybody, they wept, men weeping. Because it's like all your life, all your life savings gone in a moment. Everything is gone in a moment. He had gone to the lowest low. Okay, next verse. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam and the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nebal, the Carmelite. Next verse. And David was greatly distressed. Greatly distressed. Greatly distressed. Greatly distressed. Things were not going right. Things were not going right. This was, this, was, this was it for him. All he had saved up, gone. In an instant. Everything gone. I'm not sure I've gotten to this point in your life. But look at what David did at his lowest. For the people, the people that he, were with him, the soldiers that were with him, he had 600 soldiers. They spoke of stoning him. Everybody, because he's the one who took them there. He was the leader that was leading them and took them there and come there and everything. Now they've lost everything. So they started talking about stone. We are going to stone this guy. This is the first time David's mighty men spoke against him. Because the trouble was great. Was great. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. Read the next verse. Read the, read the rest. One to go. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How did he do it? How did he do it? Through words. Through words. David started and he started reminding himself of what God is. But thou God art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. David was a master of confessions. Read the Psalms, you'll be surprised. David was into confessions. David was into speaking because that's the way to stay up the power of God that is in you. That is the way to get you up. That is the way to make things happen around you. That is the way to succeed. He started talking. He encouraged himself in the Lord. How? By talking. By talking. By talking. By speaking. Okay, let me show you in the New Testament, okay? Let's start from first. I started. I, I used this last last week. First John four seventeen. Yeah. Look at first John four seventeen. Because sometimes, like we don't know, we don't know what we are going to cause. There's trouble. Yeah. Something bad is happening. Something bad is happening. Your mother is not doing well, and it's making you. De- it's getting you depressed. Your family is not. Some things are going on in your family that is not working. Yeah. Things are pressure is coming. Pressure. You know when you start serving God, and said way, pressure starts coming on you. Yeah. Pressure starts coming on you. Because the devil does not like you. He does not like what you're doing. He wants you to give up. He wants you to be found in the disco on Friday night. Is it, is it, is it still called disco? It's called club now, right? He wants to find you in a club. Or in a brothel, something. In a casino. In somebody's room, in someone's bed. A married man's room. With blue lights. He prefers that. He prefers that than having you in the house of God or having you in doing something for God. That's what he prefers. If he can get you. And he fights to try and get you. 
David had his peace. Everything was okay. Everything was fine. He was out doing God's work. And came back and came to meet everything gone. Distressed. You see. Since he was he was in distress. Everybody was in distress. David was distressed, really distressed. You hear that your mother and your father are fighting. The last born has fallen sick. The the eldest one is now pregnant. Things are not working. There's no money for school fees. There's no money for things. Amroba came to the house. Wow. Pastor Likem is giving me words. Troubles. Troubles. Your house got bent. And you had an accident. All in one month. Remember, Job lost everything in a day. He lost everything in a day. You've not yet gotten to Job's level. But what can you do? What can are, are we are we are we helpless? Are we helpless? Must life push us around? Must life teach us lessons? No. <laughs> the Bible says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Then he said, This is the vision of overcoming the world. This is it, even our faith. How do you express your faith? Through your words. Whatsoever is born of God. Are you born of God? It doesn't matter what is happening around you. It doesn't matter what came. This is what to do. When trouble comes, this is what to do. You see, as soon as you respond differently from what I'm going to show you, as soon as you respond differently from what I'm going to show you, you see that your life is not going well. Things, you yourself, start depreciating. Because when trouble comes, you feel, you feel like doing something bad. You feel like going to cry on the guy, a certain guy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, a certain guy. Or you feel like, you feel like just going off. All this God thing. Let me just go off. Let me just go off on God. What's all this? Let me just spend my time watching movies. That's when you can zoom into watching a series. You can watch a series. Uh, you're off. You're an autopilot. And that always brings you more trouble. More trouble. More trouble. More trouble. What can you do? What can we do? First John chapter 4, verse 17. Now, so I'm showing you what to do. Okay? How what did David do? David encouraged himself. He picked himself up. How did how did he do it? By words. By speaking, reminding himself of what God is. Reminding himself of what God is. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. David has so many confessions. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the waters. He restores my soul. Yea, then he says, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
David was making confessions concerning who God is to him. Concerning himself. What he is. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of God. Nothing will take me out. I will dwell in the house of God forever. This thousand shall fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right side. But it shall not come nigh me. Only with my eye will I behold the reward of the wicked. Touch not my anointed. He knew he was, at, he was anointed. People were trying to touch him. He said, touch not my anointed. Neither do the, my prophets any harm. Speaking words. With long life shall he satisfy his beloved. I'm the beloved of God. He satisfied with long life. His life was being threatened. There were days where he came between. It, it, it was just inches away from death. A hair's breath. That's what the scripture says. A hair's breath. We are, we are not helpless. We are not helpless. We are not helpless. See, I'm not helpless. I'm not helpless. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. That's what Jesus said. That's what he told the disciples. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you without being taken care of. I will not leave you as though nothing is going to happen for you. I will send you a help. The Holy Ghost is my helper. I will never go down in my life. I will never go down in my life. I keep going higher and higher. No matter what is happening around. I only go high. Because I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. He says, David, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. When you look around you, you see that nothing is working. You look around, it's like things are not going the way you planned for it to go. The way God spoke to you, what God said to you, you look around, you see that things are not going well. Start encouraging yourself. The glory of God is working in my life. The glory of God is working in my life. I refuse to go down. I can only go up. The glory of God is working in my life. And the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. This all things are yours. You say that to yourself. All things are mine. Whether it be life, whether it be death, whether it be things present or things past, or things to come, all are yours. All are yours. Listen, don't don't be a quiet Christian. Don't be a quiet Christian. Too many Christians have lost their lives because they were quiet. They were quiet. They didn't use the most important weapon God had given to them, which is the, word, the weapon of words, the weapon of your mouth, using your mouth. Chat your course with your mouth. Chat your course with your mouth. Let me show it to you. Can I show it to you in the Bible? First John chapter 4, verse 17. First John 4, 17. You understand what I'm saying? I'm, show, I'm showing you how. How? You see, when you, when you feel that you need more, you're helpless. You feel like things are not working. There's something you need to do. Start reminding yourself of, of what you have become. Start reminding yourself. That's what, that's what it means to encourage yourself to the Lord. Start reminding yourself. Start reminding yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Herein is our love made perfect. In this is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness. That we may have boldness. That we may have boldness. In this is our love made perfect. So that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. The word judgment is crisis. That's the that's Greek word. K-R-I-S-I-S. From which we get the, Greek, the English word crisis. C-R-I-S-I-S. Crisis. A day of separation. A day of shakings. A day of terror. Do you see? Yeah. Crisis. A day where your health is threatened. Or your mother's health, your mother's health is threatened. Or your father's health is threatened. How should you go about it? Should you be calling people for help? Pray for me. It doesn't matter how many people are praying for you. It makes no difference how many people are praying for you. It makes no difference how many people are praying for you. If you don't know what the word of God has said concerning you, and what the word of God has said concerning that matter, God is not a God who just stumbles into things. He's a God of principles. There are things he has laid down. You must know those things. Okay? Yeah. You should be asking him what exactly he wants you to do. What do you need me to do? That's, we speak in tongues because we want to find Rema. want to know exactly what to do. What do you want me to do? I don't want to be hitting wrong target. You do this, you do this, you do that. You are doing everything. You are fasting, you are praying, you are doing this, you are doing that. Try your luck. No. No. Hearing is a love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. We may have what? Boldness. The word boldness, last week I tried to talk about it. The word boldness is parashia. P-A-R-R-H-E-S-I-E-A. Okay, parashia. Parashia. And it means to have confidence in speech. Confidence. Confidence. That you may have boldness. Confidence in speech. That's what he's talking about. Confidence in what? Listen, so since hearing is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness, so that we may have boldness, we may have great boldness, great confidence in speech in the day of crisis. When the day of crisis comes, it's not a day to sleep, it's a day to have great boldness in your speech, great boldness in your words. Why? Because it's because as he is, in other words. Be confident in reminding yourself of what you have become because you have become like him. Because as he is, so are we. Where? In this world. You are be- Jesus was never overcome by anything. He tried to stone him several times. He just escaped. He vanished amongst them and went away. The seas came. The waves of the seas came. It could not drown him. They killed him. But death could not hold him down. So he says, remind yourself. In the day of crisis, remind yourself. That as he is, so are we now. In this, how we see. How we see. Nothing could hold him down. Sickness could not hold him down. Poverty could not hold him down. Darkness could not hold him down. The graves could not hold him down. And guess what? He is now living inside you. God, Christ, is now inside you. Haven't you read First John 4, 4 before? It says, ye of God, little children, and have overcome them. Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? 
Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Christ, who is the wisdom of God. Christ, who is the power of God. Christ, who is the redemption of God. Jesus, who is the glory of God, the power of God, everything you can think about is now in you. Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them. He tell, anytime he makes reference to him in you, he says you have overcome them. Remind yourself of what he is in you. Who is he in me? Who is Jesus in me? Sin may be staring at you in the, in the face. An opportunity to do something wrong. What do you do? Christ is in me. Christ is in me. The one who was tempted in all points but sin not is inside me i will not take christ and carry christ to this christ is inside me remind if you don't remind yourself you'll be surprised you will shock yourself at your abilities paul said in my flesh dwelleth no good no good thing we must remind ourselves you have to since hearing is our love made perfect that we may have confidence or we have boldness boldness of speech in the day of crisis why because as he is so are we in this world so are we in this world as he is so are we in this world as he is so are we in this world as he is so am i in this world as he is so am i in this world the question is how is he how is he? You see, how is he? 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 The glory of God the Father. He is the glory of God the Father. You see, Colossians 1 27. Look at Colossians 1 27. Colossians 1 27. Hallelujah. Let's read 26 to 27 so we understand even some more, okay? You know, what I'm telling you now is so important. Knowing who Christ is in you. Your victory depends on it. Your victory depends on it. Your victory in life. You don't even have to have crisis around you. Your everyday victory depends on that. Okay? There shouldn't be any problem, even. Your everyday success. That's why don't, don't let Christ in you go to bed. Stop sleeping. You know, there's something called sleeping in the spirit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Let me show it in the Bible. You can be born again, but then you are asleep. And I have information for you. You struggle for a very long time. Your, your life will be vacillating. Today you're up, tomorrow you're down. This month you're up, next month you're down. Just be going up and down like that. You succeed a little, and then you go down a little. Then you succeed a little, then you go down a little. There's no consistency in your life. Or you do well a lot. You, do, you succeed for a long time. And then there's trouble coming that you will never recover from. You never recover from one strike. One strike. And that'll be the end. It's not so much as in what you can do today. It's what you can do tomorrow as well. 
how is tomorrow going to be like? How is your end going to be like? How, what kind of death are you going to have? Do you see? Yeah. So things may be going well. It's like you are, you are inconsistent. You are sleeping in the spirit, but things are going well. There are Christians who are sleeping, who are sleeping in the spirit, but things are going well. Then a spiritual coma. So can I show you about that? Let me show you a little about that before I continue with what I'm, what I'm talking to you about. Okay? Romans chapter 13. Let me show it to you. Because you have so many, so many children of God sleeping. Sleeping. Let's read from verse 10. Romans chapter 13 from verse 10. I pray that you wake up. If you are asleep, pray that you wake up. Because it's so dangerous to be asleep. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm sure this will help you understand what I'm saying even more. He says, love worked no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. He says, knowing the time, it is high time to awake out of sleep. Get out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. What salvation is talking about? There are different levels of salvation. There are three major kinds or types of salvation in the Bible. There's the salvation of the spirit, there's the salvation of the soul, and the salvation of the body. The salvation of the spirit happened the day we got born again. Our spirits are saved. The salvation of our soul is going on. It's ongoing right now. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Okay? Look at Hebrews 10, 35. There are so many scriptures I can show you along that line. Cast on that way, therefore, your confidence, which, is, which has great recompense of reward. Next verse. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Next verse. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. He's talking about the coming of Christ. Next verse. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So there's a saving of the soul. Since we are of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. Do you see? Then in uh, James chapter 1, verse 21. James 1, 21. Look at James 1, 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive meekness, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. He's talking about your soul, the salvation of the soul. But then there's the salvation of the body as well. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. But our conversation, or our life, is in heaven. From whence we wait for, Philippians 3, 20, says, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, According to the working whereby he's able to subdue, or even to subdue all things unto himself. He's talking about the salvation of the body. Are you seeing it? The salvation of the body. In 2 Corinthians 5, you see it more over there. Paul talks about the change of this body. Okay? So, he says that, listen, it's high time. He says you should know the time. Now, this, this, the last days began when the Holy Spirit came. So, Paul could tell the people there at that time, that you should know the time, that it is high time that you wake out of sleep. You are wake out of sleep. This is what amplified. It says, besides, know what a critical hour this is. 
how it is high time now for you to awake out of, up out of your sleep. Rouse to reality. That's what I'm talking about. Getting up to reality. Getting up to the fact that, listen, Christ is what you need. Jesus is the one you need. You should start reading about Jesus. Because if you don't start, if you don't read about Jesus, you will not know how the life of God works. You, it will be a confession. I've got the life of God in me. You, you, are, you are a joke. It's just a confession on your mouth. It's just something you're saying. But you don't know how it works. You don't know how Jesus' life was a prototype of how eternal life works. That is what we read about Jesus. The more you read about him, the more loving you become because the life of God is loving. The more you read about him, the more confident you become because the life of God is confident. The more you read about him, the more healing-oriented you become because the life of God heals. Do you understand? Don't, Don't be a Christian who is not into reading the Bible. How can you find out about the product when you don't read about the product? It's not going to work. It's not going to work that way. No matter how many times you go to church, if you're not reading your Bible on your own, we come to church for us to help, to help, for you to be helped. To be guided, to be directed as to what to read. That is why you don't just make notes and throw them away. Some also don't make notes at all. They just come to, they just come, to come and see it like that and go. And if you, even if you don't make notes, you don't listen to the message again. I'm not here to criticize you. It's okay. Let me continue. Go, go back to King James. Let me show it to you. And that knowing that the time, knowing the time, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Next verse. The night is far spent. The night is far spent. It is finishing. The day is at hand. What is the day? The day is when Christ comes. Then he says, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. He's talking about Christians. He says, let us cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. He's talking to Christians. He says, cast off the works of what? Darkness. Cast off the work of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. The armor of light. The armor of the glory of God. How can be a job of God that you are into all kinds of things? You are into all kinds of things. Next verse. Then it says, let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Let's read the Amplified. We don't understand wantonness and chamberings and all that. I know you don't understand. Let us live and conduct ourselves honorably and becomingly as in the open light of day, not in reveling, carousing, and drunkenness. Not in, in immorality and debauchery, sensuality and licentiousness. Not in quarreling and jealousy. In other words, start walking in love. What does it mean to walk in love? To walk in love means to walk in Christ. That's what it means to be awakened out of sleep. If you are asleep, you are into all kinds of the, all these things. But as soon as you wake up, you wake up to the ability of Christ in you. Christ is the ability of God in you. When you remind yourself of who Christ is in you, you will never find yourself in chaos and reveling, partying, party spirit, immorality, licentiousness, sensuality of every kind. Every kind. No. It's not if, listen, sin is not a problem. Sin has been dealt with. All you need to do is to say yes to God. To say yes to Christ in you. Okay, I've stopped sleeping. Now what are you saying? That's all you need. You just need to say, it's okay. I'm tired. Now, I want to hear you. What are you saying now? What do you say we should do? And as you start listening to what he says you should do, you'll be surprised at how different your life will be. You'll be surprised at your own self. Because Christ in you is all that you need. 
Christ means all that. Like I said, he was tempted. Jesus was tempted in all points. Yet without sin. And that same Jesus is the one sitting inside you. So when you are tempted, Christ in you will rise up. That is why Galatians 2.20 is a very important scripture in life. It says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. It says, I was cru- my old man was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, however, I am now living. Yet not I. Yet not I. It is not me who is living anymore. So who is talking to you now? It's not me. It's Christ who is talking to you. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless, I am crucified with Christ. However, I'm living now. Yet, it is not I who is living. It is not I who is living. It is not the old I who is living. Even my new I, it's not my new I that is living. But Christ liveth in me. It is Christ that is living in me now. It is Christ that is at work in me now. It is Christ that is living in me now. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ, the reason why Christ is in you is for the purpose of glory. So tomorrow can only be glory. How is tomorrow going to be like? How is tomorrow going to be like? Today may seem dark. Today may seem gloomy. But tomorrow is not going to be gloomy. Why? Because I'm now conscious of the fact that Christ is inside me. And if Christ is inside me, that means glory is ahead. That means that tomorrow is full of glory. So when I get into tomorrow, what do I do? You may see, you may see the challenges again. But when you get into tomorrow, you say, hey, please, I'm in glory now. Yesterday was gloomy, but now I'm in glory. Nothing may have changed physically. It makes no difference. It's called the concept of the changes of the butterfly. It's called transformation. Scripture talks about transformation. The word of God talks about transformation. I was trying to talk about it last week. Transformation or transfiguration. And be not conformed to this world. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed. She says do not conform to this world. The word tells you that whatever you see is what is real. You woke up in the morning, the things are the same. Your mother's health has not changed. Your father's health has not changed. So, seeing is believing. You just saw it. So, go back into the mood of depression. All these prayers that you are praying, it doesn't work. They said we should say this. We said it and nothing happened. Every time it's like this. Every time it's like that. No. No. Tell me about no. That is not how to go about it. If you do that, tomorrow will be like that. The next day will be like that. Nothing will, I, I can, nothing will change. No more pity party. Tomorrow will be the same. The next day will be the same. The next and the next and the next and the next because you allow the circumstances to dictate how your life would be. You, you allow the circumstances to dictate how your life would be. You may have been depressed today, but if you have found out that Christ is in you now, Christ in you means that glory in tomorrow. So when I arrive in tomorrow, when I arrive in tomorrow, no matter what I'm seeing around me, all I can see, like I said, what the mind is not trained to see, the eye cannot see. If your mind is trained to see it, then your eye can see it. 
So now if you are training your mind now. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Tomorrow is going to be glorious, right? So when I get into tomorrow, what do I do? I am in glory now. So it makes no difference what is happening around you. Leglosh kastini flashti. Have you ever read about Paul and Silas in the Bible? In Acts chapter 16, the Bible says that they were arrested and beaten and put into stocks. Both hands and legs put into stocks. But whilst they were in the darkness, you know what they did? They started praising God. They started singing and praising God. It's Acts chapter 16, verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Do you know what they could have done? They beat them and put their hands in stock. Go to the next verse. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, into the innermost prison, and made their feet fast in stocks. Their feet, put their feet fast in stocks. No movement. Look at the next verse. And at midnight, Kala Hashetinemi. And at midnight, when nothing seemed to work, when trouble was coming, trouble had come already. They were in the midst of the midnight, at, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. What kind of prayer do you think they were praying? What kind of prayer do you think they were praying? Do you think they were saying, God, we don't know why you are forsaking us? Because people pray like that. A lot of people pray like that. I don't know why this thing is happening. God, you said, you said that you will not leave me. Now look at how, what you have done. You have not left me. You have learned that. Look at where I am. That was not what they were saying. I can bet you that was not what they were saying. Because if they, were, if they had said that, I would not have had the result they had. Look at this. And Paul, and Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's read verse 15. Let me show you what they were doing. Okay? Can I show you what they were doing? Wake out of sleep. Stop sleeping. Stop sleeping. Wake up. Don't let your associations block you. You can have a friend in church. Maybe sitting by you now. Who doesn't care about what is being said? person is around. He has the cliches that we have. He talks the way we talk. He's moving around like we move around. But he's actually not interested. And you catch him by how he speaks. And what he, how, he be, how he behaves. And what he believes. We'll try this thing they talk. This thing they are saying. Then talk am Since 2016 as I joined the church. Then talk am Where we day be where we day. Where we day be where we day. I beg, we don't see anything. It is his experience. It is not my experience. Listen, I decided not to be asleep a long time ago. I'm going somewhere, I tell you, I'm not. Even if all of you decide not to go, I am going somewhere. Even if all of you decide not to go, I'm going somewhere. Okay? Don't let your friend deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you. Get to the word for yourself. I remember when I had to say no to my friends, certain friends who were in church. They were in the church where I was. They went to play in the drums. They'll play the drums after the drums, they'll go and stand outside. And they'll be talking outside. 
We don't know what they are. Just every time they pray, they talk about it. That's what we're doing. I sat amongst them for some time. I was like, ah, what is the meaning of this? This is not why I'm here. This is not why I'm here. I had to say no to them. I can remember very, very well now. Let's go and play football. Let's go and play game. Be careful. Be smart. Time is going. Don't wait until you are 50. And you have five children. You don't know how to look after them. Then you are asking, what, where did I go wrong? And you check around here and you see that some of the people who are around. Listen, people come in weak into this church. I'm not joking with you. People come into this church weak. And God makes them strong. So strong. I've seen it too many times. So strong. Yet there are some who have been around for some time. And have not picked up in any way. Because they are always looking at someone. Looking at a friend. Wake up. Keep your finger here. You see? I'm just, I'm not, it's not part of my message. This particular thing is not part of my message. But as I, as I talk, the Holy Spirit tells me, say it, because some people are sleeping. So go back to Romans chapter 13. I didn't finish reading that part. Romans chapter 13. You have to be very smart. All those who are listening to the message. Get to the word for yourself. Don't wait for someone to tell you to go and wait on God. You, as a child of God in Love Economy Church, Get into the mode of finding out for yourself what this thing is all about. Not what I'm preaching. Find out for yourself whether what I'm preaching is right or not. Get to the word for yourself and try to understand it. You realize that, Charlie, you don't really... You've never really sat down to find out who Christ is in you. Not for yourself. You've not seen it yet. We say and you say some. But you've not seen it for yourself yet. I remember when I saw some things in the Bible. I remember very well when I saw them in the Bible. I remember when I saw that I was the seed of Abraham. I remember it very clearly. I remember who I was. I remember very clearly. I remember where I was when God spoke to me and told me, do this church. I remember very clearly. I remember what God told me and what I was doing when God told me that. He didn't tell me when I was sitting somewhere. I was in praying, studying. As a Christian, not as a pastor. I was not a pastor then. I was just a Christian. Praying. And seeking God for myself. Next year is coming. How is 2020 going to be like? Is it going to be like all the years? Is it going to be like all the years? You must set your time for change. It's up to you. You set your own time for change. It's not a group thing. It's an individual thing. You understand? Just let us live and conduct ourselves honorably and, be, as, and becoming as, the open, whatever, as in the open day, light of day. Not in reveling carousing. Next verse. Verse 14. King James, please. Then he says, but put you on. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the last thereof. You put on. The way to not make provision for the last of the flesh is to put on Christ. Do you understand what it means to put on Christ? The word put on means to wear as a clothing. Enter into Christ. I thought he said that if any man being Christ is a new creation, isn't it? In other words, you are in Christ already. How come he's saying, put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Put him on. How come he's saying that? What is he talking about? In other words, what he has said is not a reality for some people. What he's saying is that now take your time. Take your time. Learn it. Remember what it means. Take your time. Enter into it for yourself. Enter into it for yourself. Don't let somebody deceive you. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Put on Christ. Put on Christ Jesus for yourself. Get to know it for yourself. Get to know it for yourself. Why should you be in the church for five years and there's no work? No job. Why? Someone just walked in. Last, last week, last two weeks, one of our guys in church came to me and said, well, I was working. My contract is finished. And I want a new job. I believe that when you pray with me, I'll get a new job. I said, if you believe, I believe with you. Two of us shall agree concerning anything. It shall be done for them. I held the son and we prayed. In three days, he got a new job. He's starting work on uh, 6th January. He got a job just like that. Just like that. What do you believe? Because you can be around and not believe. And it is seen by you asking, what, what at all do they, want, do they want us to believe? As I said, if someone said, what at all? Is, I thought, ah, but I've you've not taken your time yet. You don't know the message. Sit down now. Sit down. Okay? You'd be surprised at what power you will encounter inside your own self. Inside your own self. Inside. There's so much power inside. So much power inside. Put on Christ. That's how to awake out of sleep. To put on Christ. Awake, O sleeper. It's the Bible. It's awake, O sleeper. And Christ shall give you light. Remember, every year you celebrate your birthday. What it means is that you are not remaining the same. Age wise, you are going. You are going. You are going. You keep going. You think you are young? You are not young. You need to see people who are doing wild things, who have allowed Christ to help them do wild things. Then it will help you snap out of your sleep. Because when you look at it, like, oh, this one is here, this one is 26 or 27, he's not married yet. This one is 30, he's also not married, he's also not married yet. Oh, so what's, what's all this? Let's, let's just relax. What are you talking about? Are the fingers the same? They are not the same. God's timing for you is different from God's timing for the other person. Be smart. Look at this. He says, wherefore, this one he was talking about, you know what he was talking same, same thing. Go up. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Go up. To, let's read for verse 12. For it is shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Go to 14. Wherefore he said, Awake that thou sleepest, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Walk as what? Do not walk as fools, but walk as wise. Talking to children of God. He says, Make sure you are not walking as a fool. Next verse. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming, let's read Amplified. You don't understand. Making the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Buy up each opportunity. Wake up. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, it talks about the same thing. It says, don't sleep. Stop sleeping. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, my message, my message is not about sleep today. But I hope you've learned something. Yeah. Let's go back to the other side. Let me finish it, okay? Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I'll never be poor in my life. I'll never be poor. You see, for me, when I'm saying it, eh, it's something I know of certainty. Makes no difference. I've said it before. If everybody leaves me in the church, you'll be surprised. 
You'll be shocked. Six months, you'll be surprised. If I lose everything, God forbid. You know about Ruth and Naomi, right? Naomi lost everything. Job lost everything. God restored everything and more than twice. Yeah. That's the history that God has for his children. It makes no difference where you are. You can be sleeping under a bridge right now. Don't worry. Just keep listening to the word of God. Wake up out of sleep. Just keep listening. You'll be surprised. Just keep listening. One day I found myself somewhere. Very expensive place. I asked myself, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did I get here? You see, there are things I've been saying. I believe it. I'm not just talking. I believe them. With all of my heart. I believe them. I'm sharing with you the things I think about. That's what I'm sharing with you. I'm not sharing with you. I'm not, I've not typed out a message. I'm sharing with you what I think about. What I'm telling you now, I wrote in there. You came to see me writing. Yes, sir. Yeah. As I was driving with you, I'm just thinking. All the times I was quiet, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I'm not thinking about foolish. I'm thinking about the word. No, don't allow your mind. Don't allow your mind to run out. Don't run out. What? It's your. It's a choice, actually. It's a choice. It's a. It's a choice. What to do with your mind? Do you know you are in control of your mind? Okay, everybody. Uh, I want to ask a question. Have you seen a red shirt before? Can you see a red shirt right now? Why are you seeing it? In your mind, in your imagination, isn't it? Uh-huh. Can you see the red shirt? Are you sure you can see it? Now, you were doing every other thing. Okay? When I said red shirt, your mind went to red shirt. Who, who, who put your mind to red shirt? Who? Yourself. The real you. Look up. Okay, so who, who tuned your head to look up? The real you. Isn't it? That shows you you have control over your mind. You can decide how you want your mind to go. And where your mind is not in control of you. Don't act as though your mind is in control of you. Your mind is telling you, move. That, that is your mind. There's something wrong. If your mind is telling you what to do, there's something wrong with you. You are in control of your mind. You have a mind. You are a spirit. You have a mind and you live in a body. Your mind is yours. You have your mind. You have the mind. You own the mind. Therefore, you decide what to do with it. You decide that, listen, we are going here. And your mind will go. We are thinking about this. And your mind will think about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I'll never be poor in my life. See, I'm rich. Say, cancer can never dwell in my body. Not in my lungs. Not in my kidneys. Not in my in my liver. Not in my heart. Not in my bottoms. Not in my breasts. Not in my mind. Not in my eyes. Not in my mouth. Not in my nose. Cancer cannot dwell in my body. You see, because people wake, people sleep and wake up with cancer. Cancer is killing more people than HIV. A lot of people are afraid of HIV, but cancer kills more people. Times four. Am I lying? Oh God, he's a doctor. I'm not lying. There are doctors here. They will tell you. So if you joke with it, it will joke with you. Are there Christians who have died out of cancer? Doctor. Doctor, there. Plenty. Wow. You are sure? Very sure. Wow. I thought only unbelievers die of cancer. Yeah. 
The devil does not care what your title is. He's not into titles. He's not into titles. He's not into titles. When you feel that pain and you don't curse it in Jesus' name and rebuke it in Jesus' name and you start personalizing it, personalizing it, my headache, my, my, my mouth, my back, that's what this mind, this thing, that's what this mind, you will see it will become yours. Customized just for you with your name written on it. Special package. Smiling on you like this. That's why no medicine will work on it. Because it's special in your name. So I said Paul and Silas were found in the, in the prison, right? And they sang praise. They prayed and they sang praises unto God. And I said you should turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, isn't it? Now let me show you what they did. Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15. Lego sharp. Pay Lego. Let's read from verse 14 into verse 15. What I will show you is verse 15, but I think it will make more sense from verse 14. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Next verse. By him, by Jesus, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Continually. Let us offer the sacrifice of what? Praise to God. The sacrifice of praise. Let us praise God continually. It's a sign that you are filled with the Spirit. The influence of the Spirit makes you praise God. Anyone, if you want to see someone who is with the Spirit, check whether he's praising God. Check his speech. Check what he's saying. Yeah, you hear that a lot. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Fear not. It's going to work. Yeah, you see him talking like that. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. That is, then he says he's explaining what it means to offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. The fruit of what? Our lips. The fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. Now, you think that he's saying, say, say thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You think that is what he's talking about? The word giving thanks is homolo. Homologia. It means to say the same thing in consent with God. Check the Greek. You'll be surprised. It means to say the homologio. It means to say that, to confess, to say the same thing, okay, that God says. In other words, he says, uh-huh. this, this, Amplify, he says, which is the fruit of, of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. It's, it's, it's still, it still doesn't capture it. What he's saying is that, listen, make confessions to his name. Say the same thing concerning what he is in your life. Do you understand? What is he in your life? What is he? What is Christ? He says, make confession to his name. Make confession to... What is his name? What is his name? Jesus. What is his name? Jesus. He says, make confessions to his name. Make confessions to his name. Say the same thing that he has said concerning himself or what he is in your life. Do you understand? Or you still don't understand? So, making confession to his name is the praises that you offer to him. Do you see? So, Christ is in me. You are making a confession to his name. The glory of God is working in me. Jesus is the glory of God and he's living inside me. Thank you, Lord. 
Lego who shatini belo kula bale shalabalo close testimony. Making confession to his name. Making confession to his name. Christ is the wisdom of God. You see, Christ, that is his name, right? What is he? Wisdom. So Christ is the wisdom of God. And Christ is working in me. What I do, you are saying the same thing he has said concerning himself in consent with him for yourself. And that was what Paul and Silas were doing. That's what we were doing. Thank you, Lord, that your glory is working in me. As their hands were hanging in the stocks, as things were not working, you know what they were saying in that prison house? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The glory of God is working in my life. The glory of God is working in my life. If I suffer with him, I'll be glorified with him. Thank you that I'm suffering with him, I'm glorified with you. That was what they were saying. They were encouraging themselves. They were encouraging themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> go up. Go to go to Hebrews chapter 13. Let me let me show you some more. Maybe you still have, you, you've still not caught it. Maybe you have still not caught it. Let me show you. Hebrews chapter 13. Now let's read from verse 5 into verse 6. Okay? Hebrews 13, now from verse 5. But be free from the love. Okay, King James. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness. What, let's read what you, you showed us. What was there before? It's what ASB, right? Okay, it says, be free from the love of money. Content with such things as you have. Okay? That's what he's talking about. I just wanted you to see, be free from the love of money. Okay? So go back to King James. The King James says, let your conversation or let your life let your man of life be without covetousness, grabbing and grasping things. You see that your friend has this shirt, you want some, so you do anything to get some. You see that this one has bought an 11, iPhone 11 Pro. So you do anything, including sleeping with a certain man to get 11 Pro. He says, let your conversation, let your life be without covetousness. Why? Why should your life be without covetousness? In other words, don't get into grabbing things. Be content. He says, and be content with such things that you have. Be content with what you have. Be content with what God has given to you now. As you desire to have more, be content. Start with being content with what you have now. Why? Because he has said, because God has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God has said that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, he's showing you why God talks. God talks so that we can talk. He's showing you the reason for the book, the reason for the word, the reason for the Bible. He says, let your conversation be without conventions and be content with such things as you have. In other words, now that you're going to be moving forward, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. You have to be free from covetousness. But you want to go forward. How do you go forward? He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Next verse. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Lord is my helper. Yeah, if you say the Lord is my helper, what are you doing? You are making confessions to his name. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. <laughs> Hallelujah. Guess what? The word boldly there, so that we may boldly say, means to encourage yourself. Like David did. 
See what David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He says, he has said so that, okay, this is what amplifies. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently embody it. You are encouraged. This is how to encourage yourself in the Lord. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? By saying what he has said in consent with what, what he has said. Who is Christ in you? Who is Christ in you? Christ is my helper. Christ is the glory of God in my life. Christ is the power of God in my life. Because, you see, I've been saying glory, 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 glory a lot. It's, 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 there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. There's a reason why I've been saying glory, glory. When I say, I say glory, I always say, I always say that. Because glory means splendor. Glory means beauty. Glory means grace. Glory means power. Glory means beauty. Glory means confidence. Glory means power. It means greatness. It means, it means all the beautiful things you can think about. Christ in me, glory. Christ in me, money, money. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Christ in me, health. I'm going to cross 17 with ease. I'm going to cross 8. Say some for yourself. Say I'm crossing 80 with ease. The Bible says that at age 80, Caleb told Moses, give me that mountain full of giants. And Caleb went to the mountain and killed all those giants there. At age 80, he was strong enough to hold the sword and strong enough to win battles. At age 120, Moses' eyes were not dim. Neither was his countenance abated in any way. He was not bent. He stood up straight. Why? That glory, the, the glory they had. Listen, the glory of the Old Testament, the hope of glory of the Old Testament, okay? The hope of the riches they could enjoy. All that, all that David could enjoy. You see, David was a very big guy. But all that he could enjoy cannot be compared in any way all that moses enjoyed and could have enjoyed cannot be compared in any way to what we have all that all those wonderful guys enjoy solomon the riches of jesus are greater than solomon is here jesus is greater than solomon and as he is so am i in this world jesus said a greater and it is true jesus was greater than solomon Listen, it's I, now I don't know where to even pick it up from. Can I show it to you? Second Corinthians chapter three. Let's read from verse six. Second Corinthians three from verse six. You love this. You really love this. Let's read verse eight. Go to verse eight. All oh, this is nice, but verse seven. Okay, this is good. It says, "But if the ministration of death." Written engraved in, and engraved in stones. You know which one he's talking about? He's talking about the law. The law of commandments that Moses brought. He calls it the administration of what? Death. The administration of what? Death. In other words, all of what that Moses brought actually ministered death, not life. It gave death. And not life. But in the administration of death, written and engraved in stones, was glorious. There was glory attached to it. David said, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Goes on about it. Then he says, But his delight is in the what? It's in the law of the Lord. He used the law of the Lord. He used that law. And that law brought him so much glory. That law made him the king over Israel. And that law made that law made him the king who had victory in every single war. And that, that law made him the king who handed over rightly at the right time. David was a success, complete success. How did he do it? the law of the Lord. Yet he says that that law 
is the administration of death. Go back. Go back to that place. But the administration of death written and engraved in stones was glorious. So that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance. Moses was exuding the glory of the law. He was exuding it. Which glory was to be done away with? It was, that glory was going to be taken away. Why? Because of the glory that was to come. Look at your name How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? What's the ministration of the Spirit? That's what we are doing now. That's what we are in now. We are in the ministration of the Spirit. Let's be amplified of this. Why should not the dispensation of the Spirit? We are in the dispensation of the Spirit. We are. Then it says, this spiritual ministry whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit. This, this, is, this is what is happening now. We cause men to obtain the Holy Spirit and be governed by the Spirit. How shall it not be attended with much greater and more splendid glory? If that one, look, if you look at David, eh, if you look at David, you read about David, you read about Solomon, you read about who else? Who are the glorious guys in the, in the Bible? You read about Joseph, you read about Daniel, you read about all these. Look at the wisdom Daniel enjoyed. He could tell dreams and all of that. He says that, listen, the glory that was in that place is small as compared to the glory that we have. Why? Because in our case, Christ is inside us. And because Christ is in, inside us, the hope of the glory we have is too much. Look at the next verse. Verse 9. For if the service that condemns the ministration of doom had glory, that's the Old Testament, how infinitely more abounding in splendor, infinitely more abounding in... Brothers and sisters, I has not seen neither has your head neither has he entered into the heart of any man the things that god has in store for you who love him listen when you read about david what god wants to do with you is higher than what he did with david keep your finger here okay go to ephesians chapter 3 you love this verse 8 ephesians 3 verse 8 oh hallelujah he says unto me it's for talking Paul boasted about his ministry. I've learned to boast about my ministry. Because I realized that what God sent Paul to do is what he has sent all of us to do. It's the same thing. It's no different. It's called the administration of the New Testament. Same ministry. Nobody has been called to bring Elijah into our day. We've been sent to unveil Christ to all men. That's our job. It says, unto me who am less than the least of all things, is this grace given? Is this gra- Unto me who am less than the least of all things, is this grace given? What grace is that? That I should preach... I should teach it. I should preach it. I should proclaim it. Among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Let's read the Amplified. The glory that is tomorrow. Okay? I'm telling you about tomorrow. I'm telling you about one minute from now. I'm telling you about two minutes from now. Three minutes from now. Four minutes from now. If this building should cave in. It doesn't matter what is happening around. Makes no difference. Makes no difference what the economy is is going through. Makes no difference what is happening around. Makes no difference. I have one future. I have one future. Say I have one future. I have one future. Glory! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So I'm confident. I'm confident. Oh, I'm going to show it to you in a moment. Look at it. says, to me, though I'm the very least of all the say, you know, some people say, oh, let's be careful. Let's be careful. Let's not talk. Let's not talk too much. Let's not say some things. You never know what tomorrow is going to be. I know what tomorrow is going to be. I know, I know, I know, I know. Why? Because Christ is in me. Christ is in tomorrow. My marriage will be glorious. My children will be glorious. Everything concerning me will be glorious. My business will be glorious. My money will be glorious. Everything around me will be increasing in glory. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. He says to me, though I am the very least of all saints, God's consecrate, Paul considers himself the least of all saints. You don't consider yourself the least of all saints. Means that you are even in a better position than Paul. <laughs> to me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated the people. This grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted. What is that? To proclaim to the Gentiles the unending. Just, just, just start thinking about it. Look at all those who have, who have died in, in Christ and did not know their riches and their wealth in Christ and have left it. You know, there are people who have, they didn't know what they could have had in Christ. So they died and left it. And all those who are now, who are around now and don't know about it. And look at you that's getting to know now. How, how much can you take? That's why it says that how much more did that receive abundance? I don't know about you, but me, I like abundance of grace. Abundance. He didn't say the abundance. He said, How much can you take? How much can you receive? That is why last week I said that let listen, dream big. Let let your visions run wild. Let your visions run wild. Can you see yourself giving God a million dollars? Can you see yourself? Can you see it? Christ in you. Can you see yourself healing the sick? Healing people who are who are ridden with cancer. Ridden with cancer, swollen all over the place. And with a touch from you, the glory of God oozes out of you and gets them healed. Can you see it? Can you see yourself walking and living in abundance? No need. No need. No need. No need. What can you see? Train your mind to start seeing. You train your mind. You tell my we are looking. We're going to see it. He says to me, it's granted that I should proclaim to the Gentiles the unending. Unending. There's no end to it. Unending. Boundless. There's no, there are no boundaries. It, is, it abounds all the way boundless, fathomless you cannot fathom it you cannot, you cannot think about it. fathomless incalculable and exhaustless riches of Christ wealth which no human being could have searched out you may think that he's only talking about spiritual things so he asked that to he says wealth which no human being could have searched out see I'm a plutocrat I'm a plutocrat Are you saying this? So this is the glory Paul was talking about. He says that the glory that we have cannot be compared to the glory of the old. It cannot. 
It cannot. Go back to that place. Go to um, Second Corinthians chapter three. Oh, Hallelujah. Verse nine. Oh, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more, much more. How much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory? The ministration. This is the gospel that makes people righteous. It says forbearing, for in the gospel is revealed, the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It makes people righteous. It says, how much more? How, if the ministration of death, condemnation, be glory, was glorious, how much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory? Next verse, verse 10. You like this. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. When it, you see, the, the, the glory that Moses had was so much that the people could not see his face. He had to put a veil on his face. They had to cover their face. They couldn't, they could, because he was shining. Moses was shining by spending some time with God. He was shining. How much more you? You don't, listen, you don't spend time with God. God is inside you every time. I will not sleep again in my life. I will not sleep in the spirit again. Look at this. Indeed, of this amplified. Indeed, the view of this fact: what was, what was, what once had splendor, the glory of the law in the face of Moses, has come to have no splendor at all, because of the overwhelming glory that exceeds and excels it the glory of the gospel in the face of jesus christ look at the next verse elo sati fala shoke for if that which was but passing and fading away came with splendor how much more must that which remains and is permanent abide in glory and splendor christ in you the hope of what that's why he says that we are. You see, when you go down that, that verse 18 says, but we are with open face. You shouldn't close your face. Don't close your That's what it means to sleep. Okay. Says, but we are with open face, with unveiled faces, beholding us in a glass, beholding us in a mirror. As you look into the word, the more you are changing to glory. You are changing to glory. Change. He says, but we are with open face, beholding us in a glass. The glory of the Lord. He says, when you look into the glass, you see yourself. You are looking to yourself. At yourself in the mirror. If you look into the mirror, you are seeing yourself. He says, You are the glory of God. He says, We are changed into the same glory from glory to glory, even us by who? The Spirit of the Lord, because the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals it to you. He says, But He has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. I has not seen, neither has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for them that love Him. Then He says, But He has revealed them. He has shown them unto us by his spirit. Brothers and sisters, the glory of God that you, you, you have cannot be compared to anything that you have ever seen in your life. Go up. Let me finish it. There's something he said there that you need. Are you ready? Yeah. I've said it already, but I'm going to say it again. So I see how important it is. Okay? Next verse. Read this for me. One to go. He says, seeing then, seeing then that we have such hope. Which hope? The hope of glory. Are you saying it? Exceeding glory. Excelling glory. In other words, our story. That is why the Bible says, they without us are not complete. Because our story, our unveiling, is higher. <laughs> One man of God that I know very well. 
said something. You know, he was comparing some notes. He was talking about Elijah and how people say Elisha's double portion made Elisha have do 32 miracles. Elijah did 16 and Elisha did 32 miracles. But actually it's more than 32. But they do a certain calculation just to approve the double portion anointing. Now, there's, I, I'm not criticizing double, double portion. It means something. Something very good. Okay? But he was talking about this particular thing. And he said that, so how can you compare? How can you say that the double portion of this person's anointing is upon this person? Yeah. How can you do how can you do that? Because you see, how about those of us whose miracles cannot be counted? Hey. <laughs> because it is true. I've sat in this meeting and I've seen more than a thousand people get healed at once. Miracles. People's hand people's legs have grown out of there, but chopped off legs have grown. Yes, grown out. How about those of us whose miracles cannot be counted? So which, how can you use that to tell double portion? <laughs> Listen, Elijah could not go all around the world. We have the ability to go all around the world now. You should see the glory that we have. You should see it. He says that since we have such glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, look at it. Since we have such glorious hope, do you, do you have such glorious hope? Yeah. Do you have such glorious hope? Yeah. It says such joyful and confident expectation. Confident expectation. How is the future going to be like? How is tomorrow going to be like? Full of joy. Jesus said, I'm come that you may have life and enjoy life. You may have and enjoy life. Yeah. Since we have such glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, we speak very freely and openly. And fearlessly. Guess what? The King James says we use great plainness of speech. The word plainness of speech is the same word parashia. Same word. Which means that we speak roughly about the future. We speak bigly, bigly. You see, the word, the word, the word great. And seeing that we have great hope, we use great. The word great is polus, polus. <laughs> I remember when we were in school, all big guys are called polus. Paulus. It's a Greek word. It means great. We use great. Great. How great? How Paulus can your words be? How huge can your words be? I mean, what can you, how, what can you say about the future? It says, seeing then that we have such hope. Such hope. Such glorious expectations. What are your expectations? The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. What are your expectations? What are your expectations? What are, why are you thinking that your business will only be around Abuzokai? What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? It's because you have not seen you have not seen that hope. You've not yet seen that hope. Why do you think that you will die at 70? Or you will die at 65? Why? Why? Why do you think that you cannot sponsor the gospel? Why do you think that you cannot preach the gospel to somebody? How come you cannot see yourself preaching to thousands and millions of people? I can see myself. Every time I close my eyes, I see heads. I see, human, I see a sea of human heads sitting in a meeting. Sea of it. I see it every time. That is why I'm building a big auditorium. You can, you can have a number here. But I'm building a big auditorium here. We are building 2,500 to 3,000 seater here. Expandable. We are building it expandable. Do you know why? 
since we have such glorious hope. Maybe you are not seeing them, but I'm seeing them. Since we have, this is, this is my, it says, since we have such glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, every time I'm driving up here, when I'm driving, today when I was driving up and I was coming, I was just seeing cars, buses, driving and coming like that. People in their private cars, buses coming, thousands and thousands and thousands of that, that is what I'm seeing. Why? Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. I told a pastor in, in UK, I want, us to see, I want us to have 5,000 people in, in the UK serving God in Love Economy Church. Yeah, in the space of this, I told him the number of years I want us to do that. Let's do it. I told them, we are going to have 5,000. And I'm talking and there's no, there's no shaking like, how oh, is it going to happen? Why? Christ is in my, is in my spirit. Christ is in me. I have such joyful and confident expectation. Confident expectation. Confident expectation. So I use what? Great plainness of speech. Great bold. Paulus, Paulus. <laughs> Paulus, Paulus. Am I lying? Is Paulus, Paulus? It's Paulus, Paulus. Paulus, Paulus. Paulus, Paulus. Akesia, Akesia. Great play. So listen, why, why, why you are talking, eh? Why I'm making confessions? That's why. That's why someone said I'm a money farmer. <laughs> I'm a money farmer. What you say is what you get. What you say is what you get. Bible says, by your words you shall be condemned. By your words, you shall be condemned. And by your words, you shall be justified. You shall be declared not guilty. You shall be declared free to do whatever you said. By your words. Herein is our love made perfect. You see, it says, in this is our love made perfect. In this is our love made perfect. When you know that God is not withholding anything from you. And that he has made you as he is. Then you can love him without any restrictions. Because sometimes you suspect God. Like, are you sure about this thing? God is telling you that, listen, I've given you all. You lack nothing. Great plainness of speech. Seeing then that we have such confident, joyful and confident hope. We use great plainness of speech. What are you going to say about your life? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Hey! I said, what are you going to say? <laughs> Let your imaginations run wild. Did you hear what he said? He says to me, who am less than the least of the saints, this grace given, that I should proclaim to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Then the Amplified says, the unending boundless, fathomless, incalculable riches. It cannot be calculated. Then it says, wealth which no man could have what? Could have searched out. What can you see? Can you see yourself walking in health? Can you see yourself as a healer? A healer. You are, you are not sick. Your shadow is healing people. Can you see yourself? 
Can you see yourself talking and thousands of people are giving their lives to Christ? Thousands. You. They run to give their lives to Christ. Can you see yourself doing that? Christ in you. It's the hope of glory. It's the hope of glory. My future is bright. My future is bright. Listen. He's been with me for years. He's been with me for years. All of you have been with me for years. You've heard me talk. Look at where we are standing. Look at where we are sitting. In 2016, 2015, 2014, when I was saying, we are going somewhere. We'll do great things for the Lord. We're at one location. Today we are more than 20, 20 locations. And going. What do you think is happening? What do you think is... Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians three twenty. I will never be poor in my life. I'm big. I'm great. See, I'm big. I'm great. Because Christ is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No demon hatched out of hell can touch me or anything related to me. Hallelujah. Look at this. It's now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. If he had stopped there, it would have been very powerful. But he didn't stop there. He says, he does it according to the power that worketh in you. First Corinthians chapter 1. Oh, I said I'm not coaching any other scripture. First Corinthians 1, 23. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews' stumbling block and unto the Greeks' foolishness. But unto them which are called, are you called? Both Jews and Greeks. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ what? So who is the power of God? Christ, right? Says unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. According to the power that worketh in you. According to the power that worketh in you. According to the power that worketh in you. Who? The power of Christ. According to Christ, which is at work in you. 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 Now, how can Christ work in you? By your mouth. How are you putting Christ at work in you? Christ is the power of God in me. Christ is the wisdom of God in me. Christ is the glory of God in me. Christ is the beauty of God in me. I enjoy beauty. I enjoy glory. I enjoy power all over my life. Everything that I ask or think, he does. Why? Because the power of God is working in me. Christ is the power of God that works in me. Christ is the power of God that works in me. I will never go down. I will keep going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Watch out, Lord! I'm coming! Watch out, Lord! Seeing therefore that we have such great confidence, such great hope, such joyful hope, and such joyful confidence, we use plain words, great words, great plain words. Are you ready to put Christ in you at work? Are you ready to put Christ in you at work? Is he has to speak in tongues to stay up the power. And as you confess, you make confessions to his name. You are putting that power to work. You are increasing that power. You are stirring up that power. That power is coming up higher and higher. Higher and higher. Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. According to the power that worketh in you. According to the power that worketh in you. According to the power that worketh in you. Put Christ at work in you. Put Christ at work in you. For God is all the while at work in you. Both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. God is what work in you. Both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Speak in tongues and speak the name of Jesus. Make confession to the name of Jesus. Christ is the power of God in me. Hallelujah. One wonderful man of God sang a song. And I know you know how to sing. I want us to sing it. It says, I'm gonna dance and praise him. It doesn't matter what comes my way. Why? He says, I'm going to dance and praise him. It doesn't matter what comes my way. Makes no difference what is happening. I'm going to dance and praise him. It doesn't matter what comes my way. Why? Because the greater one lives inside of me. His name. What is his name? His name is what? Jesus. I'm born a winner. More than a conqueror. I'm an heir of his kingdom. And I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Wow. What a song. What a revelation. Are you ready to sing that song? And dance and praise him. No matter what's going on around you. I want you to dance and praise him. As we sing this song. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm gone. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.